Good evening, folks, and welcome back on this Saturday, the 29th day of December, 2023. I'm your host, Mark Call. And uh, I struggled a little bit. How do we wrap up the year? Because this will be the last show of this particular calendar year. For that reason alone, it'll be a bit different than usual. And uh, I'll say this up front. I'm kind of sick and tired of the cop-out of the uh, top ten stories of the year. About all I can say for them is this. Uh, so many Americans can't even remember the ten biggest lies from last month, so maybe it's helpful to have somebody recap them. But no, I'm not about to go down that road. It's also, now, this is the in-between week, as you've heard it called, between a couple of largely secular year-end holidays. And uh, as a result, most of the sycophants and uh, so-called journalists, there's a laugh, and others are uh, on vacation. Well, deserved or not, I guess they'll have new lies for old next year. That means that there aren't any real new stories unless something truly dramatic comes up. But instead of the uh, ten biggest stories of the year, I wanted to try the opposite, because that's usually the way we ought to interpret the news anyway. And it occurred to me, hey, how about ten of the most important stories that you absolutely did not hear? Because they didn't happen in most cases. And uh, arguably... Some of these, perhaps most of them, never will. And uh, that is part of the reason why I think it's interesting to focus on them. As I go through it, you'll see that there is a method to the madness here. And uh, these are in not a necessarily particular order. I do have kind of a, um, a scale that I'm working up to, and you'll see why that is. But it's certainly not from the standpoint of the most um, important or dramatic things that should have happened and didn't. Although, uh, you know, we could argue about the uh, the priorities here. But let's start with an obvious one. Tony Fauci, America's Dr. Mengele. What, didn't you hear? Yeah, you didn't hear about his arrest and conviction for mass murder or for treason or for crying out loud, even for lying to Congress and uh, committing various acts of fraud. All right, well, that one was kind of obvious. How about this one? You didn't hear about the Supreme Court finally deciding, you know, we screwed up, and we let the election be stolen. So you didn't hear about it being overturned this year and the rule of law being restored or anything of the sort. Now, I'll admit, uh, come on, if you actually think the court is going to do that and say that the Constitution matters or still parts of our uh, uh, democratic – no, there's no demo in the entire Constitution. Our once constitutional republic that still matter – Things that they would be willing to fight for? Okay, yeah, that's fantasy. There are a lot of corollaries with that one, and that's why as I go through some of these here, uh, it may be difficult to establish uh, just exactly whether there's 10 or more or less. I suspect ultimately there's going to be a lot more than 10. But how about this one? The January 6th political prisoners are still in the gulag. One, What didn't we hear? We didn't hear about them being pardoned or much less compensated, I guess as long as we're fantasizing. Wouldn't it be nice if they got compensated, as others have, when they've been falsely arrested and imprisoned or even killed, as was the case for several folks? All right, I'm working up to this one because this is arguably the uh, the biggie that we didn't hear anything, and I mean anything about on any of these scales. How about this one? We did not hear that the FBI was disbanded. <laughs> Okay, does that surprise you? We didn't hear that um, Comey or Strzok or Andy McCabe or any of the other sycophants and criminals that were involved in, what, acts of treason, cover-up, 
torpedoing an incoming administration, lying to the president, lying under oath, you name it, folks. None of them were tried and convicted. How about other guys, uh, Clapper and Brennan, the dynamic duo that lied to Congress and lied to the American people and got away with it? They even still have security clearances. I guess what I'm suggesting is we didn't hear about any of the high-profile traitors actually being tried or even indicted, uh, much less convicted, of treason. Remember the 51 so-called intel uh, officials that uh, signed off on the um, the fraud that said, uh, let's not investigate the laptop from hell. Uh, no, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Let's instead uh, go ahead and continue with the election rig, because if this was to come out, then even the state, the things that we've been allowed to happen um, – the, uh, the rigging of the election, the, the Dominion voting machines and all the other crap, the ballot stuffing, the things that the Supreme Court refused to pay any attention to, and that people all knew as of about 2 a.m. on the uh, night after the election were in play but didn't happen. It would have been hard to cover that up if the laptop from hell had actually been acknowledged for what it was, evidence that the um, guy who never came out of his basement not only didn't win the most votes in uh, American history, but is in fact a traitor. His son is a uh, a cracking, uh, a uh, a crack dealing uh, whoremeister. Well, you, you know all the terms, folks. Uh, he was literally a pimp for the big guy on so many levels. Now we didn't hear any about any any of that. So when you put all that together, that that turns out to be kind of a whole rat's nest, doesn't it? The uh, FBI wasn't disbanded. We don't see any of the criminals, uh, certainly not Hitler, not lock her up. Um, The rigged election, the laptop from hell, uh, all the list of crimes that we do know about and that were not officially acknowledged but certainly became undeniable this year. How about this one? If the FBI was going to be dismantled, um, here was a story that I would have loved to have heard. The J. Edgar Hoover building is going to be converted to, say, a, a COVID-19 Holocaust museum and memorial for all those people that were killed by the traitors like Fauci and those who covered up for him in rigged elections. In other words, folks, this is a great big stinking ball of um, of you-know-what. Uh, and how many of these uh, top ten would be on that list? Uh, arguably hundreds, and we didn't hear about a single one of them, not one of them. Uh, there are some related ones, too, because, like I said, this is a great big um, feeded mess. How about uh, two Facebook or a Twitter? Uh, yes, um, during this year, finally, Elon Musk managed to buy them, and um, it's less evil than it was, but we still haven't seen any justice. Um, Jeff Bezos is still pushing the lie. They're still planning on rigging the next election, just like they did. In other words, these are public-private partnerships that um, managed to get away with one of the biggest acts of public-private partnership treason in American history. How about a story that we didn't hear but I would have thought would have been at least humorous? Remember the concept of civil forfeitures? If you have too much cash and a cop stops you and they get a, a, a dog to alert on it because most of the cash is contaminated with coke, even if it's not uh, next to Hunter Biden's laptop, well, they'll take it. It's called civil forfeiture. And they've even come right out and admitted, uh, various cops, federal, state, local level, uh, hey, this is great. We don't have a burden of proof at all. We just get to steal it. Boats, planes, trains, automobiles, we can take them all. And then if the um, if the people don't have enough money to spend to uh, fight it, we get to keep them. It's kind of like graft and corruption that pays for itself. So here's the thing that I think is kind of funny, a story we didn't hear. They take your property 
without you having committed a crime. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to prove it. All we got to do is charge the property with a crime. Why don't we charge property like, say, Jeff Bezos's Amazon or other um, criminally complicit public-private partners that knew or should have known about the Zyklon B, about the election rig, that facilitated high crimes, misdemeanors, staggering, international even, levels of crimes. How about if their property got taken by civil forfeiture and distributed to all of those people? You know, you could give every American a few hundred dollars, thousands of dollars, by just taking some of these criminally complicit corporations. Now, again, I'm not necessarily proposing that that should have happened. What I am suggesting is no way in hell it was is going to happen, but at least all of these things kind of help to um, frame the debate. They, they frame the kinds of things that people ought to be thinking about as they, they look at the 10 stories of what did happen and how important all of these things were, what didn't happen and should have. And what does that tell us? And that's, that's, kind of the, uh, that's kind of the thing that I want to emphasize here as we go through this. There are some others. Let's go ahead and flesh out the list a bit more. By the way, I don't intend this to be a, uh, an inclusive list because when you think about stories that didn't happen, the, uh, <laughs> the list is infinite. But here's another one that I think would have been interesting. How about if the uh, cabinet actually had integrity? Well, wait a minute. They were picked because they didn't. That's obvious. They were picked because either they have the right color or the right sexual preference or the right perversions or all of the above and uh, that they have no integrity. But if they did, we might have heard a story but didn't about how the Biden Fuhrer was removed under the 25th Amendment for incompetence. And I've said this before. I mean, I think it's clear. If there was ever a reason and a case where you'd think that the 25th Amendment should have been invoked, it's a guy that walks into walls and um, literally was incompetent before he ever put his hand on a Bible and lied. And uh, even before he was uh, committing crimes and um, taking bribes and forgetting about them. And if we had heard the story, you know, Biden removed under 25th Amendment, well, that could have preempted the other story we didn't hear about impeachment. Because, uh, yeah, there's not much more competence or integrity in Congress, it would seem, even with some of the recent changes, than there is in the uh, cabinet. Now, I understand, and, and I'll, I'll just mention this in way of passing. Uh, certainly there are those that would say, hey, wait a minute, but Biden had an insurance policy, a plan B, blackmail. Imagine, folks, if you had somebody like uh, Heels in the Air Harris, and here's a woman that uh, broke through the glass ceiling, first female vice president, and the irony, even the leftists know how she got there. Uh, screwed her way to the top is probably too polite. Um, the first hooker, or second hooker, I guess, in this case, um, but, no, one thing is true. She was, in fact, a really good um, motivation for nobody to say we want to get rid of an incompetent guy and put in somebody who's not necessarily quite completely senile yet, but makes incompetence kind of into an art form, as long as she's good between the sheets, I guess. Or uh, I, This is disgusting even to think about. You, you get my drift? These are the kind of stories that we should have heard if we lived in an honest society with a rule of law before they were ever even allowed to go this far. But again... Crickets. We're not hearing anything of the court of the sort. Speaking of which, that's where I was going to go next. The court, the United States Supreme Court. Um, if the purpose of the court, and I don't believe it is because they've proven that, was to overturn anti or unconstitutional laws that aren't laws and to say, hey, you know, we can't let this stand. Well, then how about a story we didn't hear this year? Supreme Court overturns all 20 plus uh, thousand 
anti-constitutional gun control laws, state, local, and federal in the entire nation. Because, you know what? Shall not be infringed means shall not. What a concept. No, you didn't hear that, and uh, you didn't expect to. Neither do I. But we ought to at least be able to recognize what the Bill of Rights says, even if those black-robed priests of another god don't really care. Here's another story we didn't hear, but should have. Now, we did hear at least part of this story, so we're transitioning a bit. Communist China, as you know, they own the Biden Fuhr. Uh, not, they're not alone, of course. Uh, uh, Ukraine owns a piece, and so does Romania, and so do all the other people that have their bribes in place. Um, we have so many members of Congress that we know about, that um, Eric Swallows Well and others, with the fang, bang, bang, with fang, fang, and all of the people that are clearly on the take. Turns out that during the year, this didn't get much coverage at all. It was evidently published by the Australian Intelligence Organization, and uh, it was a list of all the people in both houses of Congress, both parties, that were on the take or had accepted huge and arguably uh, traitorous bribes from communist China. There wasn't much coverage of it. So here's a story we didn't hear. How about if all of them were investigated by the FBI before they got disbanded, and all of them were basically kicked out of Congress for cause, and their, their security clearances revoked first, and then indicted for various crimes, bribery and treason, probably spring to the top of the list. And um, we have a huge overhaul of uh, both houses and both parties in Congress. Wouldn't that have been a cool story? Yeah. Again, uh, this approach is fantasy because... The sad truth, nobody expects any of these things to happen because that's how far gone and how dead the rule of law is. I remember when I was a kid growing up and seeing all these movies like The Pelican Brief, where there are, uh, there's, there's this uh, brief that was written by uh, you know, the, the heroine in the movie. And uh, to make a long story short, how's it end? It ends that uh, they tried to kill her and all kinds of intrigue. But eventually, the Congress finds out about it. Good people uh, go to the courts and justice prevails. <laughs> what a laugh. All right. We don't expect that. That's the sad part. We don't even expect, folks, that uh, this is as real as a fantasy movie anymore. Now, I'm working up to the, uh, to the ones that I think are really serious as well, even though they are fantasy, but they shouldn't be. How about this one? The United States Navy is recalled from the Middle East. And all the carrier groups there. This was this was done before one of the carrier groups got sunk by either hypersonic missiles or a, a swarm of drones. Imagine that. Uh, and sadly, that is probably going to happen. We'll see. But imagine the U.S. Navy gets recalled from the Middle East, and instead they're they're going to be told uh, return to three different places: the Gulf of Mexico, the Atlantic coast, and the Pacific coast for the purpose of what? Patrolling the coasts of the United States and actually providing what a concept. Defense for this nation against foreign invasion. Oh, while we're at it, uh, why not deploy the National Guards to all of the border states? And furthermore, this is going to be interesting. This is part of the reason why I think this is uh, an interesting thought experiment. Let's deploy U.S. troops to the border in, say, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and um, even California. 
for the purpose of interdicting and repelling invasion forces, 10,000 or more a day. How many are uh, literally armed? Well, we've actually seen videos in the last few days of many of them coming across armed. Why are we not surprised? How many are carrying bioweapons or uh, literally are bioweapons and so forth? This is an open attack and an invasion of the United States. If there was ever a purpose for the U.S. Navy to defend our shores and for the U.S. military to um, send troops in, on American soil, this would be it. Now, isn't it funny? What is the purpose of posse comitatus? That basically was a law that we used to have before the Clinton regime and a place called Waco that said, you know what? The U.S. military is not to be used to operate on American soil because the founders were rightfully concerned about a standing army. That's why there is uh, no appropriation allowed in the Constitution for the army. Not so for the Navy, but for the Army, more than two years, because they were concerned about a standing Army. And, of course, the purpose of the military, the idea of the Department of Defense, what a joke, is to defend the United States. So the irony is the following. They sent in, the Clinton regime sent in um, American troops and deployed military and equipment to Waco, Texas, to kill people in their church. You can uh, you can look that up. I remember I've talked before about the uh, the wonderful movie done by a late friend of mine, uh, Mike McNulty, called Waco, The Rules of Engagement. There were two sequels. He described and proved how it was military that was put in place. FBI snipers like Lon Horiuchi. Delta Force was used against American men, women, and children to execute them in their church, burn them alive in many cases. They killed over 70 um, people, uh, six dozen plus there. And they violated posse comitatus. So, um, you know, for those who would say, oh, it would violate posse comitatus to actually use the military to defend this country within its borders, you got to say, huh, why change? Why not change? If we're going to violate it anyway, let's at least violate it for the right reasons. Yeah, in other words, this is all fantasy, folks. At the point where we recognize the Constitution is a dead letter, this makes a lot more sense, and some of these discussions become a little bit less theoretical and more of a, gee, why don't we pay attention to some of those things? All right, one more thing here as we uh, head to the bottom of the hour break. We come back, I'm going to talk about some of the remaining items on the list that will help to flesh out some of the uh, the things that I almost always like to talk about, and that is what do we do about it. But again, uh, since the list so far approaches pure fantasy, and why do I say that? Well, again, you know, as if the Constitution still applied, as if there were Americans in positions of authority that put their hand on a Bible and actually intend to honor their oath of office before God. Ha, ha, ha. How about this one? Speaking of pure fantasy, and this is going to offend some folks, but hey, um, the point of um, being offended is it hits pretty close to home because it's true. Imagine. The story we didn't hear, that Donald Trump gets up on a stage before tens of thousands of people that he draws regularly. I think he'd get applause for this. And he actually says the following, I was wrong. I know, it does kind of boggle the mind, doesn't it? I was wrong, Donald Trump should have said. Fauci duped me. I believe Deborah Burks. I actually thought the test results they fed me as commander-in-chief and president of the United States, I thought they were real. I didn't realize they intended to hide him. Oh, yeah, I was duped. Forgive me. Nope, you're not going to hear that. He could have even said this. I signed off on lying about the um, emergency use authorization and the fact that the hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and so forth didn't work, even though I took them. Yeah, he took hydroxychloroquine, folks, and um, was better off for it. But they managed to push through an, exa an EUA, an emergency use, and the requirement... 
there could be no alternative. Well, that's part of the reason why Fauci should have been and was never arrested and tried for treason and for mass murder and genocide and so forth. But again, the, the fantasy here would be imagine a presidential candidate or a, a, a former president uh, even if he should have still been president, who uh, had the chutzpah, the integrity to stand up before the American people and say, forgive me, I was duped, I was wrong, I won't do it again. You want to see somebody reelected? You want to see a major landslide? That would be one for the record books, wouldn't it? All right, again, let me, as we go to the break, let me suggest that when we come back, I'm going to talk about the remaining items on my list, anyway, of stories we didn't hear and arguably should have. But the, the point here is that they demonstrate the depth of the big lie. So I want to encourage folks, think about some of these things. If you want to, make up your own list of stories you didn't hear and should have heard. And that's the point here. Every single thing on this list may be pure, pure fantasy. Maybe that there's no snowball's chance in hell that it would ever actually happen. But the fact that we recognize that should say, why not? It's like saying, you know, there's no, there's no chance in hell that the Constitution would ever actually be observed by uh, a fake president, a real president, anybody running for office, and that they would say, yeah, we need to go in there and wholesale clean house. We need to say that shall not be infringed means that. We need to say that when it says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, hey, they might have actually meant that. You have local officials coming in and saying you can't meet in your church because booga, 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 we're going to shut you down, but we'll leave the casinos and the bars open and sell crap from the major big box stores. Something's horribly wrong. So, again, the fact that we didn't hear these stories and the fact that we should be talking about them, if you want something to discuss over the New Year's Eve parties, demonstrates the depth of the big lie. Now, I'll set up where I'm going to go next um, after we get back, because I guess um, maybe we even have time for this one. Um, a story we didn't hear but should have. And actually, I have suggested this because I think it's true. This is one of those obvious things. We are in World War III, folks. We have World War III on multiple fronts. Well, the front in the Ukraine may be over at this point, all except a shouting and uh, given a few more billions of dollars there. But um, ultimately, we are in World War III. Now, a lot of folks will say, wait a minute. Uh, no, we're not in World War III because we haven't seen mushroom clouds. We haven't had any nukes yet. And it's just about anybody that has uh, half, a, uh, half a brain has pointed out, no, no, you don't understand. The, uh, the nukes don't go off at the beginning of World War III. They mark the end. So that part should be clear. In other words, uh, give thanks. We may be in World War III, but we have not yet seen the nuclear escalation that I know that so many of the, uh, the criminals and traitors that uh, aren't being indicted, that's the other stories, are working so hard for. And furthermore, I guess this is good news too, I already mentioned it, we've not yet seen an aircraft carrier sunk uh, in the Middle East or in the, uh, in the area around the Suez Canal. That's good news. It's not for lack of trying. What other events have we not seen? What other things do we need to be thinking about as we uh, prepare for the kinds of things that we're going to have to deal with uh, in the next year? Now, I'm not into New Year's resolutions or those kind of things, but I do think it's important we talk about why it is that so many of these things which should have happened and didn't, well, didn't. And not only that, but the fact that they're fantasy and everybody listening knows that they're pure fantasy 
speaks more about where we are than just about any of the stories you are going to hear that did supposedly happen, whether they actually did or not, during the year 2023. In other words, let me try this just a bit differently. If you've got friends and neighbors who are just clueless as to what's really going on, and you tell them about all the things that are going on, and maybe they don't believe them. Oh, that couldn't possibly happen. Well, then ask them. Here are some things that should have happened that just as surely couldn't possibly happen. What does that tell you? And I guess that leads me to where I want to go after we get back. I'll introduce the story. It's a famous story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle about Sherlock Holmes. You've probably heard it, but it fits the theme here well today. And it has to do with how the famous detective solved a case, not with the evidence that you'd normally see, but in fact, it was a dog that did not bark that led him to the proper conclusion. As we're seeing, there's a whole lot of that going on here, so it really makes sense to pay attention. Which takes us to the bottom of the hour break, folks, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Back now to the second segment of the show for this evening. I am your host, Mark Call, and this is the last show, of course, for this particular calendar year. And rather than do what um, honestly kind of irritates me and, and even remotely uh, think about a 10 most important stories or 10 most important this or that's or whatever for the last year, I decided let's just turn things on their head. We'll talk about 10 stories that we did not hear, and we've actually got more than that depending upon how you count them, but certainly a whole lot of stories that we did not hear and uh, my point, we should have heard them. And furthermore, just about everything I talked about in that first segment, uh, even though we recognize, uh, whether it's a rigged election or an incompetent faker in the White House who's on the take from his crackhead son, and, uh, well, that he's, he's on the take from a whole lot of people. But um, all of those elements where we say, yeah, there should have been uh, justice. There should be, uh, as opposed to people that are uh, sitting in the gulags that don't deserve to be there, there's a whole lot of people. FBI, CIA, you name it, three-letter agents, probably all should be there. At least the vast majority, you know what they say, it's the 97% that give the few good ones a bad name. And we're not hearing any of that. And furthermore, we recognize that this system, this society, this fake government, uh, crooked as it is, is so crooked, so off the top insane even, that there's no chance that any of these things that should have happened will happen. And that furthermore, we're actually talking fantasy just to even suggest that there would be justice done and that um, people like Fauci would be tried and convicted and executed for treason. They're not even going to take away the scumbag's pension. All right, so um, as we went to break, I was talking about one of the stories, and this will kind of form a transition to some stories that are out there in the almost, because we didn't hear them 
fantasy land level. But on the other hand, unlike the election and unlike the uh, the fake president and the um, the complete you know what look look what happened at the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, even even the leftists recognize that's just an offense to your intelligence. Now, some of these things, on the other hand, that we're going to talk about, uh, they fall into an area where by ridiculing them and by making it clear and uh, obvious that we should be talking about them, that there is at least some hope that people might wake up to it. So here we go. This first story, I introduced it before the bottom of the hour, was called The Dog That Did Not Bite. And I'm looking at a piece by um, Phil Gursky from the Epic Times. Uh, I have used this expression about that famous Sherlock Holmes story a lot of times over the last couple of months here. But in case you uh, aren't familiar with it, I didn't remember the name of the story. I always called it The Dog That Did Not Bark, as most people do. But it's called The Adventure of Silver Blaze. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle tells us about how a reticent local hound was the clue to the famous detectives being able to solve a theft of a horse, horse thievery, and murder. In other words, what happened didn't happen. It was a non-event, not an actual happening, that ended up being the most important element in the story. And that is true in uh, so much of what we're talking about, but especially, suggests the author, with regard to one particular story that the wife stream did hype. Okay, now there are still a few days left. They might be able to pull out the stops and get it to happen, and um, they'll blame it if it's a real terrorist act on uh, on the fake. But here we go. The absence of a widely predicted threat by the far left and their media sycophants failed to manifest. It did not happen. The dog did not bark. Meanwhile, a long misunderstood but dismissed claim at least by that same bunch of uh, media whores, continues to pose a real and much greater danger worldwide. The widely predicted terror threat is what we're talking about here, and it's what they call, oh right, domestic violent extremism. The Biden Fuhrer in his idiocy, and I don't think he can claim senility for this one. He's reading from the teleprompter. He says the biggest threat that America faces is right-wing extremism, right-wing white racism, domestic violence. You know, they got all kinds of names to demonize people who basically only simply believe that we should have a rule of law in this country and that uh, there was a purpose for the Constitution and similar kinds of things. The Canadian government, too, is off the chart unhinged. Uh, They call it ideologically motivated violent extremism, as if other forms of terrorism, like uh, by Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the real fascists, aren't ideological. Uh, Their scourge takes many forms. They call folks who aren't neo-Nazis, while the real Nazis, in fact, are the public-private partners. They call them white supremacists, fascists, and um, this is the number one threat, they say, and so forth, uh, usually accompanied by confident statements that um, Islamic or jihadist terrorism is now passe, and al-Qaeda is allegedly dead, so is ISIS. Uh, Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. So... Suggests the author, the actual story in 2023, The Dog That Did Not Bark, is very different indeed. Yesterday's jihadis, who were supposed to be all but defunct, have again dominated terrorism over the past 12 months. Everybody knows the most famous act, and um, arguably, they were allowed, it was allowed to happen. This is Hamas, 
that invaded Israel on uh, Sukkot, the last day of Sukkot, 2023. October 7th was the uh, secular date. And they killed um, 1,200 folks or so. There were all kinds of ISIS attacks in Syria. There were attacks by extremist uh, violence uh, in Africa. That's continued in the Philippines and so forth. Of course, Europe is, a, is an actual basket case, ideologically motivated stabbings and slashings and killings in Belgium and France and you name it. Uh, some European nations have raised their terrorist threat level as a consequence of the fact that they can't hide it anymore. All right. Um, there is, of course, lots and lots of fallout from lots of these real terrorist acts. But as the author puts it, what about the predicted terror from the domestic, violent, racist extremists of the far right in America? Yeah, uh, crickets, in other words. Uh, with one possible exception, I did uh, joke about this the other day. There was a Magar hat-wearing agent provocateur that was so fake that um, nobody was believing it, even the left. Okay, you're going to go out and commit an act of terror. Oh, make sure you have all kinds of stuff. You mask your hands and your face, but put that MAGA hat on. Come on. They really do think people are stupid. Or maybe these are just the people that are stupid enough to think people will buy this crap. Okay. Um, the author says, I can't really name a single significant attack on any scale in 2023 that resulted in death or injuries at the hands of, um, well, domestic, violent, right-wing extremists, in spite of all the hype, but certainly there is no shortage of the other kind. And let's not forget, the United States has been allowing the importation, no, the invasion of 10,000 plus, the recent record is 13,000, in one day. So literally quarter million plus in this last month of the year of foreign invaders. How many of them are terrorists? Well, folks, if 1% are, and why wouldn't they be? Because the borders are open, they're not getting checked, and that's only the ones that were called encounters, not the gotaways. Those are the ones carrying the guns and the bioweapons and you name it. If just 1% of 250,000 in one month, let's see, 250,000, if you can do the math here, that's... Uh, 2.5 thousand? Yeah. That's 2,500 terrorists in one month. And they're getting their free bus tickets and their, uh, their Obama phones and their, their passes and they're going all over the place joining up with their cells. Have we heard about the real terrorist attacks? No, not yet. And uh, guess what? One of the things that I think is kind of fascinating here is they only um, declare terrorism when they declare it. So if, uh, for example, like we saw in Manhattan uh, the other day, if there's a major steam rupture and there's traffic issues, if there are um, power grid failures, and there's been a lot of that, things go down. Oh, yes, it could be just the incompetence of those who are trying to destroy the power grid by letting it rot or uh, by putting things in place that don't work. But you got to admit, the jihadis are probably willing to help them because, after all, they're getting the free pass. So I expect we're going to see more. So this is a dog that didn't bark when it comes to domestic, violent, right-wing mega extremism, but it's howling at the moon with respect to all the real terrorists that are coming in by the dozens, if not thousands, and that's uh, literally on a daily basis. So that's one element of the dog that did not bite. Um, or did not bark, uh, didn't do anything, as a matter of fact, that's the point. There is one other element that I uh, kind of deliberately glossed over in the first half here. Uh, this would be on my fantasy list. Suppose, for example, there was actual science, and Americans actually realized what science used to be. 
peer-reviewed science, where actual events that had to do with real things that happen and data that supports the evidence and the hypotheses. Suppose all of that mattered. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about uh, climate change BS, non-existent man-made global warming. I've actually done several shows on this over the last month or so, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it other than to say, hey, uh, this is certainly a story that we didn't hear but should have. How about if somebody in the uh, United States actually had the, the guts? Now, for, to, to his credit, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is, is one of the few that's coming out and saying it's BS. And... Um, if Trump was a scientist at all, I know he's not, but his uncle was, at least he was a, a good engineer, uh, he should be able to come out and say that. Um, I think he's, um, he's too politically correct to actually admit what the rest of us know. Man-made global warming and all of the climate change BS is unmitigated BS. The intent here has nothing to do with preventing the climate from changing or making sure that it's not man-made. Because why? Well, they're still doing geoengineering and still chemtrailing and, and all that kind of stuff. Stuff. But that's not the problem. The real issue is all you got to do is just simply look at uh, a little bit of elementary science. So what we have, in other words, is not real science. It's certainly not rocket science. It's sure as hell not climate science, but it should be solar science. So uh, I'm going to just summarize a uh, one article by a guy that I do have some great respect for. Um, he is not as much of an engineer or a scientist, although he does have a good background in that, mathematics and computer understanding. Uh, that would be uh, Martin Armstrong and Armstrong Economics. And um, he has some computer modeling that he's put together, which is truly world class. And among other things, uh, here's how he puts what we're seeing now. A massive dark hole has opened in the sun. We are in a solar minimum. And in fact, this massive dark area, it's a huge storm, uh, 800,000 kilometers or almost half a million miles wide. It's a, um, a coronal hole is what it's called. And it's a temporary gap. It's bigger than 60 diameters of planet Earth. And it's extraordinary at this stage of the solar cycle because we are literally heading into a massive solar minima. And uh, basically, as you know, the sun rotates, so this thing um, moves around. But um, it went from December 4th within 24 hours, and it expanded dramatically. When it points to the earth, when the sun rotates, it is literally pointed right at the earth. And uh, there are possibilities of massive solar winds and, and so forth. Well, what's, what's important here is that this is just one manifestation of what we are seeing. For most of its history, says Armstrong, science, the real kind before we got the fake, believed that the sun's output was constant. They weren't able to measure minor increases and decreases, but they did see the climate effects, even if they didn't recognize it. Nowadays, of course, they just lie about it. They finally realized, though, that there is a thermodynamic cycle that beats, like the heartbeat of the sun, and it couldn't exist without a steady outflow of energy, and uh, ultimately, just small changes in solar output manifest themselves as big changes in Earth's climate. It's cyclical. The 11-year sunspot cycle, every ham, and I'm an amateur radio operator, we all have talked about the solar 11-year sunspot cycle as long as I've been an amateur radio operator, which is uh, since before I could drive a car. And uh, as Armstrong says, it, it builds and uh, rises and waxes and wanes like the economic confidence model that he put together. It reaches grand maxima and grand minima over the course of now, depending upon which cycle. There are cycles and then cycles of cycles. 
Uh, 100, 200, and then, of course, there's a combination cycle that's at the 300-year level and so forth. The last grand maximum of the sun, say um, actual scientists, peaked in 1958. Since then, the sun has been steadily quieting down. We've now seen sunspot activity, he says, decrease at its steepest rate in over 9,000 years. But you still have the nutcases that are pushing non-existent man-made global warming. What they are really is high priests for the great god Gaia. They refuse to acknowledge naturally occurring cyclical weather patterns, and that's the key. The Maunder Minimum, I've talked about this, there was a Dalton Minimum. The Maunder Minimum, where the sun languished for about 70 years, took place from 1645 to 1715. The number of sunspots collapsed. In fact, there were fewer than 50 observed over an entire 28-year period. Parts of the world became so cold, they called it the Little Ice Age. Now, all of this we've talked about before. And ultimately, uh, as sunspots fade away, we enter and are in a solar minimum period. And the uh, model, he says, their model, their computer model indicated the grand minimum overtook the sun beginning in 2020. So we went from the maximum in 58 to a minimum that really started to become manifest in 2020. And it will last for almost 30 years, give or take, resulting in diminished magnetism, infrequent sunspots and less UV radiation reaching Earth and a global cooling period that may span 30 to uh, 43 years. Why is this important? Why am I mentioning it here in this uh, story about dogs that did not bark and things that we haven't heard? Because people, folks, need to wake up and recognize that what we haven't heard is the UN, UN climate change BS being called out for what it is. Not just bogus science, but absolute deadly intentional attempts to destroy the energy production of planet Earth. And in the process, here's the real goal. They don't care about the climate. They're lying about that. When people need to be told, prepare for colder winters, what are they telling them? Oh, we got man-made global warming. Bull. They intend to kill billions. They tried it, and they aren't done yet when it comes to the Zyklon B injections and the COVID and the bioweapons that are still in progress and that are still being developed and that they still aren't going to jail for. And they're doing it now with a um, an attempt to say, we need to control your lives with carbon and a whole bunch of other BS. Uh, literally, this is, this is the kind of thing that is offensively stupid. And you have to be just dumbed down to a maximal extent not to call this stuff out. It's not that hard to go look at solar cyclical data and to say, hey, any, any decent solar scientist can tell you what's really going on. You're not going to hear it. Not from the White Whorehouse, not from Congress. Most of these people that couldn't rub, uh, you know, they're, they're on the take. Why do you think they're going to tell you the truth about non-existent man-made global warming? Or even the UN and the attempts to kill so many people because they think they're going to benefit from it. They're going to be the ones that get to go into the, the deep underground military bunkers and have warmth when the rest of the peons out there are freezing to death and starving. They'll have their little boys and their little girls. All right. I am, um, I guess you'd say cautiously optimistic that unlike some of the other fantasy things that were being talked about here, just maybe if enough people wake up and cry, not just foul, Cry BS. And folks, you know, don't be afraid to come right out and say, hey, what we are being fed is bullshit. I got to say it. I'm not even going to bleep myself because that is what we are seeing. And unless people are willing to say this isn't a story that we should have heard and didn't, this is a story that unless people are willing to stand up and say we aren't going to put up with this crap, they intend to not just cram down your throats and teach it to your children in the cesspools. They intend to kill you with it.
and they are working hard on it. They blew up some pipelines, remember, in, uh, in Europe to Germany. They have produced and are pushing a global thermonuclear war. We're in World War III. All of this is part and parcel of a great, big, huge plan to do what should be beyond obvious at this point, kill billions of people. And one way to do it is to starve them and to convince them that it's going to be warm when, in fact, they know you're going to freeze to death. And as a result of shorter growing seasons, you're going to starve, too. And unless you're prepared for it, ha ha, we suckered you into literally committing suicide by failure to prepare. All right, as we uh, as we go towards the top of the hour here, there's one more story, and I've kind of uh, laid this one on the back burner, too. That falls into a similar category as the uh, non-existent man-made global warming. And um, on the one hand, it's fantasy. On the other hand, it's a story we didn't hear, but we will. And it all fits together. What am I talking about? Well, the creature from Jekyll Island was a year-end story from uh, from many, many years ago. G. Edward Griffin wrote a book with that title. If you have not read it, I would encourage you to pick it up and read it because it's probably the biggest, most important economic treatise that sounds boring, right? This is a, an extremely well-written. It's not boring like some of the uh, uh, Keynesian crap you were exposed to if you were, uh, if you were uh, duped enough to take an economics class in most of the uh, uh, Ivy League or other idiot uh, production factories. Uh, in fact, The Creature from Jekyll Island is a very readable understanding of why the Federal Reserve is what it is. It's exactly what... Uh, Amshel Rothschild pointed out uh, uh, in the last, well, two centuries ago, the, the century before last at this point, give me control of a nation's money, I care not who makes its laws. And that was what they did. They said, oh, look at these banksters. We have to control them. Let's just, uh, uh, you know, let's throw in the, in the briar patch like, uh, like Br'er Rabbit wanted to be. Oh, yeah, that'll fix it. So the creature essentially was a creation of the very banksters that, like Br'er Rabbit said, throw me in the briar patch. Put this Federal Reserve in place to police those bad banksters, and um, maybe people will fall for it. And they did. So that was done in 1913, We uh, one of the worst years in history. It was the same year that the Federal Reserve's enforcement arm was put in place and all kinds of other things. And here we are over 100 years later still suffering the effects. Have they yet resulted in a, uh, a story that we could have heard this year but didn't? The complete final meltdown of the almighty fiat dollar? Nope. Not yet. But on the other hand, what has happened? Well, the dollar, folks, has lost about 99%. Some people will say, oh, no, it's only 97%. Well, that's bad enough, isn't it? But anyway, it's lost um, 99 or so pennies out of a dollar to the point where a penny isn't even worth anything anymore. Neither is a dollar. Pretty soon, $1,000 isn't going to be worth anything because this process is exponential. And ultimately, it ends the same way Weimar Germany and Zimbabwe and Argentina and uh, the United States will be no exception. As I have pointed out many, many times, there has never been a fiat currency, not one in the history of planet Earth, that has ever survived very long. And the dollar is getting pretty long in the teeth. So, what story didn't we hear? Well, this is a, uh, this is a number of them. First, we did not hear that the Federal Reserve was acknowledged to be what it is. Not federal. They don't have any reserves. They're unconstitutional as hell because the Constitution forbids them six ways to Sunday. To paraphrase another scumbag, Chucky e. Schumer. Right. There is no provision in the Constitution for the Congress to delegate its power to regulate the value of the currency relative to what? Nothing but gold or silver coin that is to be made a tender in payment of debts. So, A, coinage is supposed to be real gold, real silver. 
That's a complete violation. We saw that. I've talked about that. I don't have time to go through the details. Uh, the idea of Congress then abdicating and setting up a public-private partnership to do something they aren't allowed to do should be obviously unconstitutional on its face. Oh, yeah. Has the Supreme Court ever weighed in on that? No. Now, I like to point out that if you understand how this process works, i.e. private law replacing what was once called the constitutional public law, the law of the land and so forth, I've done many, many shows on that. Well, now you can see how it is we got where we got. But here's the story we didn't hear. So this is how I will, I'll wrap things up today, and it's part of the encouragement, part of the understanding, what can we learn from these stories we should have heard but didn't? So ask yourself this question. I've asked this a number of times. Uh, is it possible for the United States to return to a gold standard, quote, unquote? Uh, that is a, that's an open question. There's all kinds of debate about it. Uh, we, did we have a bimetal standard, gold and silver? Arguably, yes. And over the years, there have been all kinds of arguments there. But the bottom line is, if the United States tried to do that tomorrow, there would be the collapse that's going to happen anyway, but it would be fast and it would be inevitable. So it can't happen. Here's a story that I'll admit nobody has the guts to do because it would not only reveal the lie, it would put an end to the bubble right then. Uh, Tricky Dick Nixon, as you know, 1971 started down this path, and now we're pretty close to the end. What could we do? Well, at best, the United States could move back towards some kind of a standard based on honest weights and measures, something scriptural. That is not going to happen either. That's part of the fantasy. And... um you know it's not going to happen. Big Brother is not going to relinquish the power to create money out of nothing, to take the biggest debt bubble in history and start to reverse it. It's mathematically impossible that it could ever be paid off. So now what? Well, understand this. Big Brother is not going to allow it to happen, but it will. Because whether Big Brother likes it or not, whether the communists that are running the swamp like it or not, Dishonest weights and measures are an abomination to the creator. They have always, will always fail. Now, what do we know will get what happen as well? Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll let it fail. They'll replace it with, ultimately, something you've heard called the mark of the beast. What about the rest of us? If we know about what's going to happen, if we recognize the dog that did not bark and the things that should have happened but didn't and won't, we can start to take action and move in the direction that we need to, even when those who are terminally deceived literally sign up for their own destruction. And let it happen. Don't let them take you with them. So all of these things have that in common. That's my form of intended encouragement for today. If we think about it, it's obvious why these stories should have happened but didn't. And that in itself should be one of the most persuasive arguments you'll ever see to those that have eyes but simply will not see. But more importantly, they direct us into what we need to be doing. Certainly there's a vital spiritual understanding of that, but it means physically too at this point. The world's energy economy is being destroyed. They intend to kill people with it. Don't fall for it. Likewise, the almighty fiat dollar is a dead man walking. If you depend on it, you will suffer, or worse. So be ready. When the rule of law at a national level, folks, is just plain dead, we'd better understand where the real law came from to begin with. <laughs> 